Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 200. Okay, before I begin, I want to let you know that my parenting course, Virtue-Based Parenting, will be open for enrollment on January 29th through February 3rd. So it's for women who aren't enjoying their children or are tired of feeling like they're failing in their motherhood journey. I teach women parenting strategies so your children listen the first time you ask them and your home is really a cheerful, orderly home. And I do all of that by focusing on five really important virtues. So I'll be sending out info in the next couple of weeks Please make sure you're on the parenting waitlist. You can go to janetquinlan.com forward slash parenting waitlist so you get all the info when I open enrollment. All right. I can't believe I'm recording episode number 200. (laughs) I think my first episode got like 45 downloads in that first week, which is kind of like saying my family and a few friends listened. So while I was thinking about what episode 200, and why is it that always things like 100, 200, 40, 50, they're always like big numbers. I don't know. But anyway, when I was thinking about what episode 200 could look like, I decided to keep it simple. So I just want to tell you, if you're a new listener or you're one of my first 45 listeners, (laughs) I want to tell you more about my life and really what I think I'm called to teach. Okay, so I'm a woman who's been married 39 years. That used to sound so old to me, and now it doesn't. So I don't know what that means, but honestly, I don't feel old. Um, But our 40th is this July. We have two children in heaven and seven children here, all grown and gone now, and many of them creating families of their own. We just had number 20 grandchild and number 21 is due in June and to my knowledge I don't have any other ones coming and we also have a wedding coming up this summer which I'm so excited for. My marriage probably isn't much different than most of yours. Michael and I started off with rose-colored marriage glasses and then the struggles came and we had many and they were serious and didn't resolve quickly probably just like many of you. My children aren't special unicorns. They weren't always perfectly behaved, and unfortunately, neither was I in the way I interacted with them. But my husband and I had short and long-term goals that we were always working towards in our family. We wanted to be that couple that danced at their 50th anniversary You know, that couple that you think must have had it easy for 50 years, that they could be so much in love with each other. Then you realize that that deep love you see is because life wasn't easy. Love and commitment is a choice. We wanted our children to be kind, honest, respectful, self-disciplined, and self-sufficient. 
We wanted them to be friends forever, and we worked hard during their childhood to help them see each other's talents and gifts and to be patient with each other's weaknesses. As a family and individually, we wanted a deep faith in God to reign in our hearts and in our home. Ultimately, really, we just wanted to be happy and to raise a happy family. But what we found out was that happiness comes from struggles and lessons learned. It comes from making intentional decisions to stay and try again when you don't feel like it. Happiness comes from the deep faith that God has given you this vocation, this call to this man and these children, and it's going to be messy and ugly and fun and rewarding, and all that God needs for it to be to help you and your family grow in holiness. I never would have imagined that I would be in this position I'm in now to motivate, to mentor, to coach women in their role as wife, mother, and daughter of God. To have a podcast, a podcast, (laughs) and a coaching practice, and a parenting course, for goodness sake. To know more about tech than most of my kids, haha. Although I'm still trying to master Instagram and Facebook because really, just when I figure it out, they change things up. But here I am because he has called me to this. So in this 200th episode, I just want to share the main thoughts I have about marriage, motherhood, and living God's call. Let's start with marriage. It's about becoming one. It's not the two shall become one on the wedding day. Yes, they do. But actually, it's a process. The wedding day is just the beginning. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. And that's the beauty you see in older people. So make your relationship first priority. Your marriage is the foundation upon which you parent. Seek to resolve conflict rather than win an argument. Speak with respect to each other. Nurture your husband's human spirit and lovingly challenge him to be who God has asked him to be. But that means you need to be working on who God has asked you to be as well. Listen more than you talk. Become curious about what's going on with him and be empathetic rather than judgmental. Be in it for the long game. Have short and long-term goals. If divorce is ever an option in your mind, even in your imagination, you've opened the door to finding reasons why you should. Pray together every day. Hold hands. And listen, I'm not a hand holder during prayers, but it's the one time that we hold hands when we pray. And sometimes it makes all the difference in the way the day has gone with him. Give each other a lot of affection, lots of kisses and hugs as you say hello and goodbye and just throughout the day. Let's talk about parenting. Say what you mean, mean what you say. So this rang true when I had some grandchildren this past week and my grandson came up with this massive sticker book that I got for them and he said, can I do this on this table, which was our coffee table? And before I thought, I said, absolutely not, thinking stickers on the coffee table, no way. 
Well, <laughs> I looked over at the coffee table and I forgot that I always put a huge comforter on the coffee table so that little children don't bang toys and they don't wreck this beautiful dark wood of a coffee table. So think before you speak and then say what you mean and mean what you say. Children look to you to understand themselves. They need you. They don't need the stuff you can buy or the activities you can pay for. They need affection, affirmation, and feeling connected. The other things are nice, but they're just like tinsel on the tree. They need you. Children need you to create boundaries for them so that they feel safe and secure and learn to create boundaries for themselves as they get older. Children don't know how to self-regulate and they need you to show them. So that means you have to self-regulate. No screaming, no yelling. Sometimes, I think in emphasis, if you raise your voice into a stern voice, that's very different than yelling and screaming at will. Children need you to bring your faith alive into the home. If you want them to have a deep personal love and relationship with God, you have to model it for them. Let them see you pray. Let them see you joyful when you go to Mass. Celebrate the feast days and saints days in your home. Help them understand that we are all in a relationship with God and that the things you ask of them are also the things you ask of yourself. Personally, marriage and my motherhood have been the vehicles for God to teach me, and they can teach you how to be kinder, more patient, generous, self-sacrificing, and many other good and necessary virtues and habits in the home. Who knew that when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, he was actually talking about my marriage and being a parent. We think of crosses as big things, like Michael's cancer, or open-heart surgery for one of our sons, or seven C-sections. We think those are the cross, but really, those are easy, I think, in comparison to the real cross. Those big things were nothing compared to a child who is in a very dark place, or a husband who needs to heal from his past, or just the day-to-day of getting up and changing diapers, the monotony, the lack of freedom, the lack of sleep, being cheerful when I didn't want to be, or just in general, my cross was and probably always will be giving up my will for God's will. And ultimately, through these last 39 years, there are a couple of things that I can tell you for sure. All the ins and outs, ups and downs of the days and years really are forgotten. The things we bought, the few vacations we went on, feeling guilty we couldn't take the kids on more great vacations, they're all unimportant. So it really is true. The three things that are most important in our lives are your faith, your hope, and your love. And I don't mean to be cliche. It just truly is the truth. St. Jose Maria says in the way number 755, 
Many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. So for my 200th episode, here's the takeaway. Love God, love your spouse, love your children, and watch for the great things God has in mind. Have a great week. And thank you so much for these years of listening. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.